0: Edmonton, what is up? March 26th, finally, I am coming through to Edmonton. It hasn't been this crunk since Gretzky was on the ice. Edmonton, Canada, March 26th. Me giving the keynote, Q&A with you, the State of the Union of Entrepreneurship, Marketing and Business. Information below, I hope to see you there.
1: This is the Gary V Audio Experience.
0: What up, podcast? Today's episode is from an interview that Gary did on the E-Mark and A-Mark podcast. They spoke about what they relate to the most and how sometimes giving can be done with the
2: wrong intentions. So make sure to hit them up and check out their Instagram as well. And I hope you enjoy. And we're back with podcast episode number five of Emark and Amark, still in our hotel room. And today we are joined by the one and only Gary Vee. What's good, guys? As all our <laughs> listeners know, Gary is a five-time New York Times best-selling author, early investor in Uber, Facebook, Twitter, CEO of VaynerMedia, and the list just goes on and on. But today we're not going to talk about any of that. Before we begin, though, Gary, I got one question for you. Please. How the fuck are you, man?
0: I'm doing extremely well. (laughs) Thank you, guys.
2: Awesome, man. Awesome. So, Gary, I said we're not going to talk about that today because, to be honest, as we've been following you over the years, what impresses us most about you is really your philanthropic activity and your care for the less fortunate. While we respect the grind and the hustle of everything you do and your success with entrepreneurship, what really has drawn us towards you and kept us following you is is your your gravi- gravity towards nonprofits and especially Pencils of Promise uh, has really, really been what's attracted us. So we want to start off today by learning a little bit more about Pencils of Promise and your involvement with that organization.
0: I would say the two that I've been most public about are Charity Water and Pencils of Promise. You know, it's funny. First of all, kudos to you guys because I think so much of what I talk about is repetitive, which is great. And I don't mind and I actually love the nuances of context, but uh, um I'm excited that you guys are taking a little bit of a different angle. And and to be frank, it's a challenging angle for me because um I tend to be very very quiet about the you know, giving part of my life. Mm. Um I've always had a weird relationship with giving. Uh, um I've always, you know, I grew up in a very immigrant family that You know, didn't have a whole lot. So it wasn't in the culture of giving because you were just trying to gather. Um, I have such a good knack for, you know, achieving dollars that I've always probably felt a level of guilt and gratitude that has always put me in a place of giving, whether that was, you know, simple shit like, you know, giving my friends in school 10 bucks or as I've gotten older, but um, getting involved in nonprofits, you know, Charity Water and Petzl Promise are. To the boards I sit on, and then, you know, just, I I do a lot of ad hoc giving. Um, You know, something in my Twitter feed, catch, you know, somebody's home burns down and there's a GoFundMe and I'll just go do it, and I'll do it anonymous. It's funny that Alex Raffington's not here just yet, one of my admins, I think one of the bigger surprises for her and anybody who's been my admin, they, somewhere after a year or two, if you're my admin, They'll inevitably have the courage to be like, hey, especially after like I'm getting ripped on somewhere, you know. They'll be like, hey, why don't you tell them, you know, uh, mm. about this? Mm. And I'm like, you know, I'm just, un- you know, it's funny. I'm very comfortable talking about certain things, and I'm very uncomfortable about talking about other things. I think philanthropic and kind of like giving also f- falls a little bit more into my personal life. Mm. You know, I think somebody said something to me the other day that really struck me. He's like. Man, you are literally the most public private person I've ever met in my life. Like you're there you're out and about every day on the web that we all consume, yet it's almost impossible to find pictures of your kids or your wife or know anything about you personally. And I think I think a lot about that hmm. being that enigma and juxtaposition. And so that's one long sentence to preface. I'm gonna challenge myself to try to share here for the value of the show. But it's still a place that I'm uncomfortable with. Um, You know, Adam Braun is the uh, founder of Pencils of Promise. Uh, About a decade ago or so, yeah, a decade ago now. um, Actually, I know it is a decade because the story goes like this. CAA, who was my speaking agent at the time, said, hey, you need to meet this other really dynamic young guy, by name is Scooter Braun. He represents mm-hmm. Justin Bieber. He was already obviously Bieber had already blown up, so I was aware of Scooter was, um, and uh, and I don't know if it was email or call, but basically punchline became like we both were like, oh, we need to bring our brothers. Me and AJ just started Vayner Media. This was after Sanchez's rookie year, so this is de- this is 2010, so it is a decade ago. Probably right around this time, by the way, maybe a couple months from now. So. Um, we meet uh, in Midtown at a sushi restaurant. We get there, me and Scooter, Adam, Scooter's brother, who's the founder of Puts Process, AJ, my brother, and within the first 18 seconds, we realize we're all diehard Jets fans. <laughs> <laughs> so we we get to this restaurant, and they're like, you have to wait like 20 minutes, and we're we're cool about it, and we're just standing outside yapping, yeah, it must have been a little bit warmer, maybe the spring of that year. The, the great part of this, within 18 seconds, we realize we're Jet fans, and then, Literally, five minutes later, Mark Sanchez walks by us and goes into the restaurant. And this is him coming off his rookie year, taking the team to the AFC Championship game. So we're like freaking out, like loving that. Then we get seated and we're sitting right next door to Sanchez, literally next table. Oh my gosh. Um, we have this great two-hour dinner. We we started chatting it up with Sanchez, got connected with him, but punchline being, you know, from that moment on, Scooter and Adam have become real good friends of mine, uh, instantaneous.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Scooter there was a lot of dynamic business stuff to do. And then, you know, Adam was really up to a lot of dynamic business stuff too, but had 95% of his energy on this nonprofit. And it really caught my attention because this was the beginning of an era where young people would consider to start nonprofits from the get. Mm. You know, I'm 44, and so when I grew up, Nonprofit work was something, especially starting one was something you did at 55, 60, or if you were a trust fund baby, you know like but that was mm-hmm. it. There wasn't a lot of people that went to Brown and Bain like Adam did. and then the next move was start a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Right. It was far more you know first make yours and then give back. So that mm-hmm. really caught my attention. I thought that was extremely uh, inspirational and admirable. Uh, And then Scott Harrison from Charity Water, probably six months earlier or six months later, I don't remember the timing now, but uh, I met with him through uh, a business friend by the name of Chris Sacco, who's gone on to be Mm -hmm. on Shark Tank. Okay, so people know Shark Tank and things of that nature, one of the most successful investors. All the great investing I did, he did it ten times, 100 times better. Um, uh, He introduced me to Scott Harrison. Scott Harrison and I had a drink, I'll never forget, in the basement of some bar in New York, which is not usually my scene. And he said to me, after about an hour of getting to know me, he did something to me that I usually do to other people. He was like, you know, I got a good feel for you. You're a really good guy. You're going to do really, really well, and then you're going to give back. He's mm. like, why wait?
1: Is there, was there anything uh, particular about Pencils of Promise that made you decide, yes, yes this was something? Because yes. as you know, there's many, yes. many other there's, charities there's out there.
0: There's two, two pillars. One, Adam, the human. I'm a very human guy and so it's the humans behind shit that always gets it. Rachel Tipograph behind Micmac is why it's one of my biggest investments, it's always Mm -hmm. the human. Uh, But what was interesting was, as I was talking to the, as he started to have interest in me, we started talking, we had meaningful conversations and the conversation was super interesting because I was like, look, I was a terrible student. Like I, uh, you know, the education system in America really didn't work for me you know, is there some level of hypocrisy if I join this, da 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 and, and he didn't say yes or no, but I, I don't even recall how this went down, but I remember realizing, oh wait a minute, what entrepreneurship is for me in America, in a first world country, as somebody who had those skills and had the strength to fight the system, that's what education is in Ghana and Laos and Guatemala, it's the springboard, mm-hmm. you know, so for me, I wanted to support something that could change the course of. For me, in a first world country, that was the ability mm-hmm. to start entrepreneurial right. opportunities. No. In those places, it's the ability to you know, go to a classroom and have that level of teacher and education format versus occasionally, serendipitously, meeting under, I mean this is real life, meeting under a tree ad hoc and, and so I was like, okay, I get it, for me. This was for me talking to me. I had something that sprung board me, let me support something that can springboard others. Mm. I don't wanna judge what the springboard is, let me support the springboard.
1: Yeah, you, you know, um as we said in the beginning um all your uh, success is incredible and we we definitely respect everything you've accomplished for yourself and as we said you know it's hard to relate with that because we're just not there yet frankly you know but um as we're kind of looking at you and um you know the things that stand out about you is your work and giving and that connects with me the most because you know my story is uh you know it parallels with all the good work you're doing because I had parents from America who reached out and adopted me from Haiti. I'm from a family of 22 kids. You know, there's 18 adopted and four biological. So I was adopted back in 2001 from Mother Teresa's orphanage in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And, you know, there's no telling where my future, uh, would have been if I wasn't adopted you know I I could have been rich I could have not been but point is I was adopted and given um lots of opportunities and essentially a hope in the future Sure. and, and essentially that's what you're giving these people um is that something you're consciously aware yes. of it's not just sure. you know your you know, presence down there just means more to these people because like I said you are giving them hope in the future so um do you intentionally think about that every day
0: yes and, it's, and, it, and it actually wires back to your sentence. It's funny, I, I don't relate with my financial success. I don't relate with my, uh, I guess at this point, some level of fame even at the level that, I, that I've kind of played at the last couple of years. I relate with the process. I relate far, far, far more To you two, podcast five with your crew in this hotel than I do. I mean, when I did the baseball, I did the baseball card, the national baseball card convention this uh, last.
2: That's um, where we first met, yeah. Yeah. So
0: when I did that, and we were in like, and we were actually in a nice hotel in the W in Chicago, but like, because I was with Brandon, who was my best friend growing up, like, I'm, I don't relate with my success either. It, it was funny to say, we can't, you were like, I can't, we we can't relate with that yet, or relate with it, and it was funny to, when you said it, in my head silently, I said, me neither. Mm-hmm. I can relate with this. Mm-hmm. I, can, I think the thing that people, if they look a little deeper with me, because I understand if people see two or three pieces of content, on my feed, and as a matter of fact, on the way here, my phone blew up a little bit. On sports, ra- the biggest sports radio show in in New York and one of the biggest in the country, Sports Radio Six Hundred and Sixty with Boomer Seisen. I guess yesterday, I don't know if you guys saw this, but on Twitter, I just started giving people money. On yeah, Venmo.
2: Yeah, Venmo. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: Now I've been doing <laughs> What's that forever. your favorite forever. number?
0: It just, it just, it's fun, and I'm, and it's, and I don't view that as charity or like me giving back. I view that as like, it's funny. It's fun, yeah. It's fun. You know, it's like like a fun thing to do, and I'm conscious that for a lot of people, because I lived this life. Mm -hmm. I lived a life where I watched parents, and I lived, that $112 was a big deal. Mm -hmm. So I'm not separated, I'm far more separated from getting paid $150,000 to give a speech then I, I can feel in my soul a lot more, 112 bucks, cool, I can do something with this from a grocery standpoint, from a, from a you know, rent standpoint, so even though yesterday wasn't about giving, giving I'm not not aware that for some of the people that I gave 44 bucks, like, that's, like, a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, um, that's, like, gonna mean something, and so... Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. very conscious of
1: it. Yeah, and, and you know. It's also
0: why I apologize. It's also why I, I go to the field. Like, I also think going to, you know, writing the check at some point of when you get into a certain wealth category is the easy part. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, you know, for ex- actually, this is really funny. Say the Grammys are this weekend, right? Or next weekend? Next. next weekend, right? So at the Pencils of Promise Gala this year, I bought. A charity item to have like a, go to a fun thing weekend at the Grammys,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like there's a good chance we're not doing anything with it because it ended up not being transferable and I can't go, I, I'm mm-hmm. busy. So like mm-hmm. I got the uh, Minnesota rocker, right? The uh, I'm a part owner of a esports team in the new Call of Duty League, which is opening that weekend. But but I could have just written the check. I just liked the fun of the auction because they're fun, mm-hmm.
1: right? You and, and you can. And you can do that. You can write that check. That's right. Yeah, you've worked hard for it to be where you're well, at. So, you absolutely. Know, I'll be
0: honest with you. One of my favorite things is the you know is the money that I give, both for startups and for charities. Like, it feels great because I earned it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see a lot of people throwing around a lot of judgment when they're spending the money that they inherited. Mm-hmm. And so, pop and everything else and all this talk is, it's about, it's about, the human element for me, um, there's a lot of different ways I look at it. You know, uh, for example, the people that, uh, we're we're about to hire a ton of people for content creation in general, VaynerMedia, one thirty-seven p.m. To me, I feel excited about paying people minimum wage to do that because that's the truth of the market of supply and demand. Everybody right now under 25 is a content creator. Podcast what's good. I want to make sure you're signed up for the weekly newsletter. We revamped it uh, a couple weeks ago and the response has been overwhelming. Um, In the history of the newsletter, maybe seven or eight years, I think we've had two or three significant changes, but there's been nothing like this. The recap nature, uh, the fact that it only comes out once a week, we, we visually loaded it up in a UI, UX that makes it easily to consume while having a ton of information. There may be no better way to keep up with opportunities uh, and information that you're probably looking for than signing up for the newsletter. Go to GaryVaynerchuk.com. Uh, my website, GaryVaynerchuk.com, and sign up for the email newsletter. It's at the top or the side, or you'll find it. It's, it's there. Uh, sign up for the uh, Weekly V uh, newsletter, and, uh, and I hope you enjoy it. And now to the podcast, mm-hmm. all of them. So that's the supply and demand. A lot of a lot of people on Twitter will razz me and say you should pay more. I'm like, mm, okay, I understand that's a like like that's a subjective call. So it's really funny. I'll, I'll I'll say I don't think so because it's supply and demand. I'm not making anybody. I realize there was a kid that grabbed me in Vegas this weekend week at CS. And he's like, Do you remember me? I'm like, kind of, because I, I recognize the face. He's like, I worked at Vayner for a very short period of time, he's like, I just wanna thank you. You know, that in my LinkedIn profile has allowed me to freelance at scale. Like, I get hired every single time. Hmm. For, you know, and that's, and I've always said that to Jason, to Alex, the rest of my team, I'm like, the co is in perpetuity, it's brand. It's like being on a championship team. Mm-hmm. You get a couple more contracts in sports mm-hmm. because of it. Life is complicated. And right now we are in a judgmental headline reading world. So when I think about the nonprofit work that I do, I was mentioning you Alex earlier about like all the giving I give but nobody knows about it. Mm. You know, I've chosen to make that private. I don't judge others that make it public I, I do look at it with sometimes a 5% to 50% cynical eye, saying you're doing that to make yourself look mm-hmm. good. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But and I, there's also, I I like that level of uh, humility you have about it, that you're not just going bragging to the world, hey, look no at clip. me. Right. Um, really. Look at all the good I'm doing, et cetera. Yeah, so but I, but on the flip I, I side, really respect but, and admire but that. I want, I want about everybody you. to hear
0: this. Literally, an hour before I got here, uh, on this sports radio show that I just mentioned, they're talking about. I guess one of the people I gave it to works at this radio station. Oh. So Boomer Seiason is like, I really like. Well, I was a big Jets fan, and he probably, you know, he's like, I like Gary. So the other co-host Gio is like, he's just flaunting his money.
2: Hmm.
0: And I and I'm not upset about that because there's people who make a public post about donating dollars. I'm not comfortable with that. They I, I look at that as a cynical like you're trying to make yourself look good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm they might just wanna share it the same way it was fun for me to play the Twitter Venmo game yesterday. Mm. What it's doing is it's putting me to a level, like I'm very passionate right now about challenging my own convictions, realizing there's absolutely a heads and tails, a black and white, a left and right, a other side of the equation, and because of the political climate we live in, everyone's gone extreme to there's only right and wrong based on how I see the world, and it's created a lot of conflict, and so I'm glad we're talking about this subject because I'm trying to challenge myself. You know, when I don't say that I've donated to something publicly, it means that thing doesn't get as much exposure.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Which is what I was going to ask about. You know, I saw in episode 242 of Daily V, you went to Ghana. Yes. that was very public. I mean, you, you yes. showed the whole process going yes. out there. But it didn't show you actually giving anything, which I'm wondering what... What the thought process was when you went to to create that, and why you didn't just go on the trip by yourself? You know, oh, I you don't even I don't even
0: know how to like put that into content. Like me getting an email from the head of Pences of Promise at the time, and and what wiring two hundred thousand dollars? Like what's the what's the video, right? You know, like right.
2: like. But I guess why did you choose to to document that process and not just go out because, and you keep it private? Because because because
0: I continue to challenge myself to break my own systems. Mm-hmm. And, and I recognized that the vlog was at its height at that point, and I was naturally going anyway, mm-hmm. and I was filming every day anyway, so I wasn't gonna force overreaction in the other mm-hmm. direction say no.
1: Right. You know? Right. So that's it so. just fit in with what you're already doing. You know what's
0: funny? I'm very comfortable about not overthinking things, mm-hmm. knowing when f- things feel right, and then if they don't work out, not overjudging myself because I had the intuitive conviction at the time, and that's what felt right to me.
2: Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes
1: sense. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, I I look at you um, and I try to find out, Okay, uh, what does he do well and where can I see some parallels with what, you know, we try to do. And one of those aspects is going and helping this organization in Haiti called Haiti 180, you know, and, um, you know, I think it's incredible that at what it doesn't matter what level you are at in life financially or whatever. It's just I think find something to give to at whatever level you can. And And for us, it's just going down there physically and being a presence in the community. You know, it's not so much about writing checks. I mean, you have more impact on people that way. You know, being a presence like you were. By the way,
0: I genuinely would argue that being a... I would argue that me going to a shelter and uh, on Thanksgiving morning and spending those two hours is equal if not greater than me writing a $100,000 check and it is definitely mm-hmm. harder on me than that.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and the reason I say that out loud is I want people to hear that because they, to your point, you can. And by the way, I, listen, again, I did not grow up, it, based on the way we kind of struggled on the come up, it wasn't in my, and wasn't part of Soviet culture. Soviet culture was fight for yourself because the government owned everything. So I did not grow in an environment of giving, or chat. like one of the, this is a big challenge for me and I'm trying to really set the tone for everything that happens after me, obviously because my kids and other family members are gonna have it so different, you know, And I and I wanna put that pressure on like, you've been given a real gift, you better mm-hmm. do something with it. That being said, I would, I've always gave my whole life, I made a reference earlier, do I give kids in class that I thought had less money after a baseball card, selling, I remember selling baseball cards in the lunchroom and then taking some of the money and giving it to the kids that, it was very obvious to me in Edison, didn't have as much, you know, like, and it was like two bucks, but like, they were able to get like the, I remember it was like the uh, coffee cake, like from Hostess, like, that was like the big status item yeah. in our lunchroom and it mattered and, I think a lot of people can give a lot more than they think. Like, you you know, you can give a lot more, whether it's a tip, you know, whether it's like like little things, or or whether it's just kindness. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you want to talk about my favorite thing to give? How about just humanity? Like, why mm-hmm. can't we start giving humanity? Meaning, smiling at a, like one of my favorite things I've been doing for a while, and I've kind of tripled down on it is just general kindness and happiness in public domain Mm -hmm. one of my favorite you know i i sit first class a lot when i fly so i'm on the plane first like i'm spending a lot of time lately just like smiling people when they come on just
1: the general acknowledging of people and some and i don't know about you do you find that sometimes people find that extremely weird when you just smile yes. at them and wave yes. at them like it's it, cuz I think they're yes. so used to yes. people just Down. you know intentionally yes. avoiding one another especially so when in New you, York especially, especially in New York yeah, yeah so when you intentionally stop yeah. and acknowledge yeah. their presence it freaks them out
0: <laughs> What you have to and then it's the context the reason I'm telling you the story so I started doing this a lot and, and then I stopped because I started realizing people thought I was smiling cuz I was sitting first class and they weren't Mm. Like, cynicism is a real, pa- like, this is all Star Wars. You understand it's all Star Wars, right? Like, it's all the force versus the dark side and they're both very powerful and very close. Like, like this is a really good analogy. Like, like I do it in a lot of places, but because I had, you know, you're killing time when you get on a plane early. Right. It takes another 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm, you know, and I don't know if you guys know this, but I don't know if they've done something, but my service doesn't work as well now.
2: When you get on the plane, when you get on the yeah, plane, yeah. I feel
0: like they've killed it a little bit or something. Like, like all of a sudden, like an eight they year, want like you to
2: engage. With no, but really, people a year there. ago, like right
0: <laughs> at the gate, it it's fucked up, and then it gets better. So I started like really going there, and I was like really into it. It was really nice and positive, and did it And like sometimes you can help somebody with a bagger. And then I started seeing at least 5 to 10% be like, like kind of like, I was like, I, could, I have a lot of empathy. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And so, like, w- even this topic of nonprofit work, I, who'm not cynical, have always taken a cynical approach to people that are public about it, hence why I went private with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what triggered me or what have you. Where I'm going with all this, because I know people are listening, is A, it's, an, it's a game of intent. No question, the reason I'm so happy is I make enormous amounts of mistakes because I'm a human being. I like that that's not my intention. My intention is not to hurt. My intention is not to be selfish. My intention is not to and I think intense powerful, and then I also think it's powerful to know that, you know, when you think of giving, I would argue that the financial part is secondary. It's needed. Listen I'm very proud that I worked my face off to put me in a place that can help organizations hire people like you know I like the money I give to Pop builds actual schools Mm -hmm. Like they're a pass-through organization. It's not for the executives to throw their parties or have meetings or their salaries. It is a pass-through. It goes to the schools, right? Charity Water, I'm a well member. That enormous check, six-figure check I send every year is directly for the people that work there so that every other person on Earth that gives charity water, when they give up their birthday or anything else, every dollar goes to Clean Water, Um, so you know I'm proud of those things, I'm proud of the dollars but um, I'm passionate to communicate to people that like giving what you can, whether that's eight bucks or five minutes of your time is extremely powerful and it's and it's really is wildly easy. every every location in this world and country have you know a shelter or a retirement home or some sort of building right next to you that is in need. And uh, and it feels amazing to give.
2: Yeah, I want to ask you a little bit more about that, about starting, starting the giving or even starting a, a nonprofit. And really, the reason I ask it is you mentioned early on, this is a generation of, of more giving that yes. really were more involved with, yes. with the nonprofits. Um, for me, though, when I was 13, I wanted to do a very large charity project. It was a, I had to raise $40,000 to complete it. And I was told, no, I couldn't do that. Yes. that it was too big for my age. Yes. It wasn't something I was going to be able to achieve. I was setting myself up for failure. Long story short, I was able to do it, but I think a lot of people get turned off at that point, and they're told, no, that's not something you can do, and they just, they just walk away from it, and they get turned off from charities and nonprofits. What advice do you have for people when it comes to, to starting, and especially if they're met with negativity, that they're told, no, this is something that you can't do?
0: Learn to love to lose. Like That's the whole punchline of everything mm-hmm. I believe in. I love losing. Here's Why? If I went at sixteen to start a charity to raise forty thousand, and I didn't, they were right, hmm. and I appreciate the experience of that loss. I adore losing because it's fair. Mm-hmm. You actually talked big game, and you were wrong. You were naive, and young, and you deserve that loss.
1: I love how I love you that. smile talking yeah. about losing. <laughs> I, I, I,
0: you know, I'm sure if we look back at all my content, like I, I'm. I'm not excited about winning like it's why I even jumped in and said no no I don't relate with that right Right. I relate with losing I like underdogs I like I can watch a sporting event that I have no vested interest in come in start rooting for the underdog and then as the underdog's winning and it looks like they're gonna win reverse back to rooting for the favorite like I'm always rooting for whoever's in the worst Mm -hmm. spot Mm -hmm. you know um, everybody's listening right now who's far more likely thinking about their startup or their career or their family than they are about starting a nonprofit. It's all the same game. If you're losing, it's, it, it means, here, here's my thing. If anybody has won that comes from your circumstance, you then have to acknowledge that it's possible. People deploy things like luck. Of course, look, you, you were adopted. Like I was born in the Soviet Union and was able to immigrate to America during this one small window where out of hundreds of millions of people, you know, 300,000 were able to leave during that era. Mm-hmm. Of course, but everything's of course. Like when people are like, you're lucky. I'm like, you're lucky you are born. 400 trillion to one for you to be human. Like where, where do you wanna start this luck game? Mm-hmm. Like my big thing is that we, the internet has created a world that far exceeds the opportunities that we've ever seen even in the most difficult circumstances people have smartphones mm-hmm. and so like you know I, I my big thing is do you want to dwell and excuse your way through life or do you want to become accountable and optimistic your way through life to me accountability and optimism is just far more interesting and more challenging and more worthwhile and less regretful when you're 90 than blame and excuses and complaining and crying about it, ultimately because nobody's listening to you cry. You mm. think they are. Yeah.
1: You, yeah.
0: you know, maybe your mom, maybe some other losing crying player, but like, like, and by the way, and I hope everybody hears me very clear, that doesn't uh, dismiss the fact that white males in America that are born into high net worth organiz- organizations, families, <laughs> families don't have a financial advantage. I would argue that from what I've observed a lot of those people end up losing because they started with the advantage and that is what made them soft or Uh, insecure, Mm -hmm. which led to their losing, even though they may have some more stuff. People are like, when I talk about this, people are like, yeah, well, look at their stuff, or look how they live. I'm like, but they're not happy. Mm -hmm. Like, do you want a Mercedes and you're deeply unhappy and doing cocaine to escape your problems? Or do you want a Honda and be pumped? Like, by the way, and a lot of people answer Mercedes and unhappy because they're fucking stupid. (laughs) Because they don't have that right now and they think. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, like think about how many times in life you said "if I only," and then when you get there, it's not as delicious as you thought. Gary,
1: mm-hmm. I'm no. gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna say something, and I'll Please. elaborate. And ask uh, so, you know, I'm a firm believer, in I'll, and I say this from experience Please. of you know just giving that when you give, um, the reward and value you get is more meaningful to you than to the actual organization you're giving to. And I say that because. You know, going to Haiti 180, you know, that organization I was talking about earlier, um, being there with the kids, giving to them, being a presence, um, you know, it makes me feel like, wow, I am I'm so blessed, you know, that I can give to these people. And I feel like it does more good for me than it does for them. Do you experience that when you give? Of course. So
0: does every single human being. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Perfect. All, All of them. Yeah.
0: In a million different ways. Like. In, you know it's it's a human trait it's a human trait a lot of people we're talking about a very literal
2: one mm-hmm.
0: but it makes me feel really like back to like things that everybody who are listening can do it makes me feel equally as good when I do smile at somebody who's grumpy and watch them go from like and be like ah fuck it I'll smile too <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel good yes I, I do feel that right. others do and there's a million ways to do it There's a million ways to do it. And listen, everyone's, you know, it's funny. Stereotypes and cliches have a ton of truth in them. That's why they exist. So when people are like, when you give, you get more, and people are like, you know, like, and again, there's just a stunning amount of people who are listening right now, or watching right now, and whenever they watch that from my content or yours, who are like, easy for them to say, I got nothing, I'm $400,000 in debt, I'm $4 in debt. Uh, I My car just broke down. You know, a stunning amount of Americans, were a first world country, a stunning amount of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, all of a sudden they have a, uh, you know, there's somebody literally right now who's driving to work listening to this podcast who just got a cavity who feels like they need a root canal who doesn't have dental at their work and who's got a negative $46 in their bank account mm-hmm. and they're like what the fuck are these people talking about? Mm-hmm. And I'm very empathetic to that. I am because I, because again I have the great advantage nothing that I did I have the great advantage of growing up in an environment where it was like we didn't have a whole lot and uh and so, you know, I I think that we have to find a balance to allow people to be selfish while continuing to beat the drum of selflessness. I really believe it will help. And I do think perspective, you know, Ruknal Rani right now. You know, for me, every time I've been in shit, I always go, if I'm Ru Canal Ronnie, the way I was wired and the serendipity of my DNA and parenting and circumstances makes me say, yeah, but I could be, I could be, in you know, somewhere in the deep ghettos of Eastern Europe about to be like captured to be a stripper in China. Mm-hmm. I really do that. And I know that's like an extreme, like, I, I just always go into like 8 billion people. I always go into 8 billion people. And if I'm an American listening to a podcast with a root canal that I can't pay for, I'm still in the top fifteen percent. That that's the biggest problem right now with Mm -hmm. me getting into debates with people in America. I'm like, you've lost context.
1: Hmm.
0: Like you've lost context. Like the shit is gnarly out there. If you go to eight point eight billion people, seven point seven (laughs) billion people.
2: Yeah. Well, we are running up on time, and I want to make sure you respectful of Gary's time. I know mark has got one last final quick question Please. for you. Um, and I do. And I know our fans
1: really want to know this before I ask this last question, Gary. So you said yes to us on, uh, at that conference. Yes. And if you remember, just I think 30 minutes before, you had said no to someone who asked to be on your mm-hmm, podcast. Mm-hmm. Why did you say yes to us?
0: I felt it was the right thing to do. I just liked the way I liked your energy. You know, and a lot of people come positive and hyped. You know, I'm not a very confused dude, and so it intuitively felt right. I wanted to put you guys on. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what episode five does for you. Mm -hmm. It's leverage. There's many ways to give, my friend, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I know by doing this, it pretty much opens up the world for you. There's a lot of people that will now say yes to you because you can point to this and that makes me feel nice.
1: That's incredible. Thank you. You're so, yes. so here goes the last question. Please. How good are you at rock, paper, scissors?
0: Uh, only time I've publicly done it, I lost to Jerome Jar <laughs> at a conference similar to the interaction we had. So I, I don't think I'm that good, mainly because I think people have the ability to know how to hack it. I don't, it's kind of like poker. I suck at poker because people have skill in it. I'm just dangerous because i'm willing to like hurt someone's feelings i'd rather lose <laughs> so money you, than you are
1: competitive and I'm you would play me in a game of rock yes, paper scissors all right so gary you always say ask if yes. you don't ask yes. the answer is always yes. no and i'm a firm believer in that yeah. so my proposition to mm-hmm. you is we play a game of rock paper scissors we win something that's very important to us and you know uh you know Like I said, quite important to us is this organization called Haiti 180 and the ability that we have to give to them. Um, If we win this game of rock, paper, scissors, you come with us and visit them. For one day. For one day. Where? In Haiti. In Haiti. And all that would do. I'll
0: tell you why I'm promising I can't. Right now, I'm in a mindset of extracting a ton of family time Mm -hmm. and i have some obligations for some other organizations that i have to get in Mm -hmm. so i don't even want to bullshit i still want to lose to you in rock paper scissors (laughs) uh but but that i that i don't think i can commit to at least in the in the short medium term call Mm -hmm. it 18 months Mm -hmm. just because how i see my world is but i would argue that in the continuation of of asking and not getting it's it's definitely one of the places in the world that have. Has, I had a really great Haitian friend growing up. Obviously, you know, it's been a while now since the, the massive like uh, hurricanes, Earthqu- earthquakes, you know, yeah. earthquake. Excuse me. Um, so I'm not against it. I just mm-hmm. don't think I can do it right now.
1: All right. So we'll be invited on your podcast, hopefully. Maybe. 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 Okay. Awesome. Let's do a game of right, rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Best out of three. One. One. Because right, I'm late for go. my thing. You ready? Let's do it. Here One, it goes. Two. Here we go. This is huge. All right. <laughs> it's rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Yep. Okay. All
2: right. Rock, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. rock, rock paper, scissors, shoot. Yeah! Oh,
1: yeah! Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love winning so much. I love you, Dude, thank you so much for coming on, Gary. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs>
0: As we end today's podcast, I wanna give a huge shout out to the people, you know, it's so funny, people that leave reviews and written reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms, just mean the world to me. You've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much. And even more fun, uh, cause I think we all love a little co-sign or a shout out or a little awareness. Uh, I'm gonna have the team give a couple of shout outs uh, daily on uh, our favorite reviews. So Dean, take it away, which were our favorites this week? Thank you, Gary. Today's reviews, keeping it real and awesome. Written in by Liquid Gold One and Wake Up Now Ferris say. I just wanted to give you a huge heads up, are the best. I think you can inspire anyone either on business or in life. I think each one of us who listens to you can find a piece of us that truly connects with your topic. You have certainly grabbed my attention. Keep pushing out the love for infinity to make the world a better place. And secondly, I learned a lot from just my first
1: episode. Amazing. Thank you both so much for writing in. And remember, keep leaving reviews because yours could be next.